Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. As you can tell by the name of this episode, we have gone out and decided to do an episode on the 2020 film, yes they exist, that is Holidate, a Netflix original that came out on the 28th of October, and basically if you're going to do a Netflix film, you've got to go out and get one, or at least one of the guys out of Netflix and Swill. It's Dan, how are you Dan? Uh, I'm fine, I guess. I watched Holiday, so, I mean, my life has been enriched in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Oh, read into that what you will. Uh, were you planning to? Oh, God, no. God, no? This wasn't on your list? No, I mean, like, if you watch the trailer, it's like, oh, this is a rom-com, which which happens to have the gimmick of they only get together for holidays. I wonder what happens. Oh, they're they're getting feelings. Oh no, who could have foreseen this? Yep. If you're looking for the plot of the film, Dan's just given it to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically sums it up. Uh, the other person that's joining us is uh, Dan's other half, but I'm not talking about Caleb. I'm talking about his more romantic half. Well, who knows? Maybe I mean, Caleb. I, quite romantic. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, bo- both. Yes. Uh, and that's Ashley of the Remedy Is podcast. How are you, Ash? What's happening? I'm awesome. How are you, Sam? I'm doing well. No one ever asked me that back. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a very considerate person unless you make me watch a shitty movie and then I get, you know, angry as fuck. So we'll see how mm-hmm. this goes. Mm-hmm. As, <laughs> as somebody who has made her do such things before, this is correct. Oh, man. We've gotten in some fights because he made me watch so many bad movies back to back and I just got pissed. I want to point out she wants to consider one of those bad movies, The Assistant, starring Julia Garner, which I don't think is a bad movie. It's just a very hard watch of a movie. That's what it comes down to. You had huh? me watch that, and then what was that fucking one with the suit that was all about suicide? Oh, I'm thinking oh, Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like two other fucking movies that I like went on my phone for. So it was like a four movie day. Mm-hmm. Two of them were super heavy content. Two of them were god awful, and then I was just over it that day. So this is definitely better than that. Wow, there we go. Cool. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about your guys' podcast at the end, but yeah, basically a little bit of a rundown on Holiday. Stars Luke Bracey as Jackson, Emma Roberts as Sloane, Jessica Capshaw as Abby, and Kristen Chenoweth as Aunt Susan. Currently has reviews of 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 44% on Metacritic. Dan pretty much gave the plot of the film, but it is just like every other romantic comedy. Um, the two leads being Emma Roberts and Luke Bracey are fed up with being single on holidays. These two strangers then agree to be each other's platonic plus ones all year long, only to catch real feelings along the way. They eventually have some sort of breakup. I can't even remember why. And then a grand gesture at the end. They get back together, decide they're in love, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Pretty much the entirety of the film, right? Yeah, that's pretty much. That's it. If you've seen one romantic comedy, you've seen them all. You you know how the third act will always go, which is always, oh, uh, a thing happens where they break up and then they, they mope around for about 20 minutes and then grand gesture. Absolutely. So basically, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions that we thought of while watching this film and then finish on sometimes a listener question, but occasionally a Patreon question. And we're going to do a Patreon question because uh, Dan has some new Patreon questions for us. So we're going to I do. It's exciting. But we'll point out something that Ashley wasn't actually supposed to be on this episode. So Ashley won't be reading her own questions. Ashley will be reading Liz's questions. 
Liz, who had totally convinced me to do this film because we had a complete lack of anything on the radar, mm-hmm. and then has uh, conveniently on the day of recording told us that she has a migraine. <laughs> from watching this movie. Probably. I, I suspect maybe more of a brain tumor from watching this film, but hey, hey, we'll, fucking, we'll wait for her to get the diagnosis. Anyway, uh, the one that we always start with, the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good, if we're going to give this a score over 5,000 out of 10,000. Unless we are giving it a score under 5,000, so under 5 out of 10, we give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, one thing bad. Ashley, since you're making your debut on Movie Reviews in 20Qs, why don't you start us off and give us give us either your compliment or shit sandwich and then your score out of 10,000 holidays. Okay, so one good thing is there are some genuine laugh out loud moments that I had in this movie, stuff that I wasn't expecting that gave me a good chortle. So like, I appreciate any time something can make me laugh. The bad thing is that fucking trope of whenever people don't communicate with each other. This chick, Sloane, is supposed to be approaching 30 and still is acting like a high school kid and can't just own up to the fact that she has feelings for somebody. She has to push them away. So, like, that shit's annoying. And then my other good thing is Kristen Chenoweth. She is Mm -hmm. far too good for this movie, as Dan would say. And, yeah, she's, she's pretty great. And I'm giving this 5,001 holidays. It just oh, barely fucking squeaks oh, by. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I must admit, I was surprised. I did approach this episode thinking, I wonder if we're going to get a couple of shit sandwiches. So 5,001 is just a barely squeak past. You're right. That's <laughs> Oh, that's close. I'm going to jump in there. My first bad thing. Oh, Holy okay. fuck. Yep. The script is really like lazy. And like mm-hmm. we mentioned that, sure, it's exactly like every rom-com. But even like some of the specific details, like twice we get people chatting about sex in front of their parents. You know, we get the girl at the start saying, it's right to come in my mouth, but it's not <laughs> right to get me a Christmas present. And then we get him and her saying, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to go fuck in the toilets right now and all this other shit. I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of lazy. But the, the one that was like really lazy for me was that in that part where she says it's right to come in my mouth, he then pulls out his wallet and goes, do you want 40 bucks? And she goes, I'll take 80. And then yeah. literally two scenes later, they're in the shop. And he's, this girl behind him goes, I'll buy those pants off you. I'll give you 40 bucks. And he goes, they're at least worth $80. I'm like, how this very specific amounts of money to repeat twice within two scenes. Like, that's f- fucking lazy. Like, whoever was writing this has obviously just given up. Um, yeah, I can buy that for a dollar. Thanks, Robocop. <laughs> yeah, <geez. laughs> um, yeah, the uh, same as you, actually. There was a couple of genuine laughs that came out of me. What, the funniest one for me was when, the the daughter and the dad at the wedding just start dancing to like I'll make love oh, to you man. like you oh want me God. to and, was, <laughs> and they were like does anyone know what song this is and then somebody's like we should go tell them and all that sort of shit I was like okay yeah this is this is kind of funny and then yeah. bad thing there's no chemistry between these two holy shit it's terrible like well I, I, no okay I'll, I'll dial that back a little bit I think she has a bit of chemistry for him in terms of you can actually see him her have romantic feelings towards him but he just is a brick wall you know i don't feel like he's got any sort of like love and affection for her and then right at the end when he starts saying oh your lips are just begging to be kissed and all this other shit i was like this is so cringy and forced score 4092 holidays okay (laughs) that's all that was fine allowed (laughs) it's not quite a dan it's fine but it's it's fine oh oh well sam I have something for you, and uh, so, I would like to say this up front, only I can do this. No one else can steal my fucking gimmick, so if I hear any of you motherfuckers steal my gimmick, I will beat you to death. Uh, I'm giving this the It's Fine chicken breast that has been poached. It's, it is <laughs> literally there to 
sustain you for a certain amount of time, and then once that time is up, you go on and do anything else. Uh, this this is where you give it a score between five and six thousand only, and you can't mm-hmm. think of very many good or bad things to say about it. It just is a movie that you experience. So my first it's fine thing is it's shock comedy. <laughs> it's like shock comedy for ultim- like ultimately is completely forgettable once you've turned off the movie. But like during the movie, you're enjoying yourself because you are laughing. But uh, like two days later, I can't think of like half the laughs that I had. Like that's that's an actual problem with the movie, but yeah. like I enjoyed myself during the time, so it's fine. Uh, my second, it's fine. Generic rom com formula. I've said it like fourteen times already. Somehow, you know, it's what's your gimmick? Okay, now fit into rom com. Mm. That's fine. I mean, rom coms are allowed to be whatever. They're allowed to follow the same formula. Who cares? Uh, and my final, it's fine. Is I just guess this is what Emma Roberts does now. Like, she just does whatever movies, and, you know, people just go, oh, okay, M. Roberts is still doing things. Uh, it's kind of like how they talk about her dad, Eric Roberts. It's like, oh, I guess Eric Roberts is still doing things. True, he's one of those ultimate, like, oh, look, it's him. Yeah. What's he been up to recently? Oh, yeah. he's been in, like, five movies from the last ten years that I've watched. Oh, okay. And then, like, a year later, you're like, oh, hey, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the last movie I saw him in was uh, a movie starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was just like, oh, fuck, it's Eric Roberts. What the fuck is he doing in this movie? Like, and you recognize him from the back of his head, by the way. I know. That was great. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like, is that Eric Roberts? Oh, my God, it is. Look at Crick up. So I'm giving this uh, the exact same score I actually did, 5,001 Holidays. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I fucking love you. Yeah. This, oh, this, you guys are synced. And, and as you've heard me say many times on my show and other people's shows, it's fine. I will point out that I watched it a couple of days ago, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting. And part yeah. of that was because I had had a very restless sleep with a baby that was about to depart to get on a five thirty a.m. flight. So I'd had. Thank God sleep. you said you followed that up immediately with with about to get on a flight, which like yeah, right. Sounds very morbid, Sam. <laughs> it does. But no, she um yeah she had an early morning flight with my wife Stacy. And so I watched it like that night, like after they left, I'd had fuck all sleep. And I was like, this is really enjoyable. Then when I rewatched it today in preparation for this podcast to get a couple of lines for a later question, I was like, this is actually really bad. This is actually pretty terrible. But uh, You watched it twice? I've watched it twice. See, Ashley gets on me all the time for watching certain movies twice because she's like, these movies suck. Why are you watching them twice? And I want to point out, I th- if I think they're good, I'll rewatch them. I will never rewatch a movie that I'm like, eh, whenever, two, ever. So... I usually just skim through, like, if I watch it over a week before I record the episode, I feel like, oh, fuck, I've probably forgotten too much about it. Especially because I watch so much between now and then that I don't want to be like Stacey and come on this podcast and start talking about a completely different movie halfway through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, start, start answering the wrong questions where it's just like, well, that was a different film, babe. But, um, yeah, so it was more of a skim. I don't really think I really watched no, it. But... No, I get it. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's forgettable. It's a forgettable movie. Hey, well, let's see if you did think of anything. What's question number two there, Dan? Question number two is what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Okay, so I had a hard time because like, I get into a lot of phys- philosophical thoughts processes in my head, so I went lighter with this one. And I was trying to decide which is worse, blowing off your finger with a firecracker or having explosive diarrhea in front of somebody you have feelings for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I mean, both, both are pretty enjoyable, really, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I figure at least the firecracker thing has, like, a cool factor and a fun story with it, but the explosive diarrhea, that's just fucking... 
That's humiliating as hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know. I, I never came up with an answer for it. It's just going to linger in my thoughts forever and keep me up at night. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Would you prefer the physical pain or the emotional pain? It's a very good question. And to be disfigured for the rest of your life or have that emotional scar on you for the rest of your life? I don't know. You could just wind up taking like a toilet brush and making sure it goes down the toilet, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I had two. The first of which is like, what the fuck is the premise of this film? Like, why does he go along with it? You know what I mean? Like, he he sort of says humans are, you know, like, they need to be coupled up for, like, all these dates and stuff like that. But, like, he's got a friend. He can go to New Year's with a friend. Mm-hmm. He can go spend Thanksgiving at his friend's place. He doesn't really mm-hmm. need to be going to any of these things. Like, I can see why she does it. But even still, like, why does she tell her entire family, oh, by the way, I'm showing up with a date, and he's literally just there to just hang out with me and be my friend so that you people will leave me alone. We don't have any romance. It's just like, well, what's the point? Like, surely he's meant to be there as your romantic partner so that your parents leave you alone or your mum leaves you alone. Like, what else is the point? Like, Mother's Day. Like, you should be showing up for Mother's Day with your boyfriend. She's just like, oh, this is my holiday again. Mom just seems to be in on it. And it's just like, I guess this is fine, even though I'm going to give you shit for it. Yeah. Why don't you two go have sex? (laughs) All right. We're (laughs) off to the toilets. Goodbye. (laughs) Absolutely. So that was it. I mean, my other one was like, how destroyed is Aunt Susan by this point? I mean, she's... <laughs> she's the collective whole. <laughs> That's a pre-record joke that you guys don't get. <laughs> uh, my deep philosophical debate was, why is this movie shoving the you're only happy when you're in a relationship mantra at us? Like, I, I hate that, like, specifically, yes. because yeah, I used yeah. to believe that, and then once I learned to... Uh, I, I love myself is a very strong word. I guess tolerate myself. I became comfortable with the fact that I could be around myself by myself. So, like, I don't know. I feel like everyone can hit that kind of point. You don't need to be in a relationship to be happy. You can you can just, you know, be alone. Now, of course, you need everybody else to kind of buy into that. So, like, I understand Sloane's problem of, like, her mom being like, get in a relationship. I want grandchildren and all that kind of <laughs> shit. How did she not fucking cuss her mom out in this movie, by the way? Yeah. That's my other one. Like, how did she not tell her mom exactly what fucking time it was and to get off her nuts? Mom, you don't have anybody either. Excuse you. Exactly. And or even yeah. just, like, not show up. Like, if my mom was like, hey, do you want to yeah. come over Christmas? By the way, every single person here is going to rip into you the whole time about how you're single and lonely and sad. Be like, no, nah, I'm good. Fuck that. Later. Yeah, fuck that. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a hard pass. That moves us over to question number three. Uh, first of our Patreon questions. This question comes courtesy of Amazing Man. This is Chris Yini. Fuck you, the man, bro. Uh, what is it there, Ashley? What song would you have inserted into this movie and when? Well, I really love the song by Blink-182 called All the Small Things. And so I, <laughs> and so I want to insert it to a part where one of the characters says, fuck you, Liz, and then it just plays in the background. That's where I would have inserted it. <laughs> Bubby, same question. Uh, my, my answer uh, was originally going to be Blink-182 because Liz was, like, all the small things, because Liz was going to be on this episode, and I wanted to troll her. But now that she's not on the episode, I changed it to uh, this song called Tree Village by Dance Gavin Dance, and it would be set on Arbor Day, because uh, I guarantee they shot an Arbor Day scene and then cut it for some reason. For our outside of Miraculous, what the hell is Arbor Day? Oh, it's You Just Love Trees Day. That's basically it. I, I think it's the one day where we take care of the planet. Yeah, I think it's. I think we do like people go around like and doing like charitable work of like planting trees and that kind of stuff. So, so you fuck it for three hundred sixty four days of the year and then you buy a brunch on one day. That's oh no, cool. Sam, we're still fucking it that day. But it's just like, hey, we're fucking you, but we're also like paying for dinner. 
So yeah, taking out for drinks first. That's Makes a great sense. allegory. You're all welcome to use that going forward. But don't use it's fine. Yeah, no, no using it's fine. I hear you out there, podcasters who steal my my line. You can't use that. I've trademarked it. I haven't cool trademarked out. it, but I'm working on it. What about you, Ashley? I was going to put Santa Baby in the blowjob scene at the beginning of the movie. That's good. Because that's kind of like a slutty Christmas song. So that's what oh, I went for. That's, that's a winner. Really good. That's a winner. Holy shit. Or even like Baby It's Cold Outside. That's a bit kind of creepy because she gets very forceful. Very forceful. And he keeps saying no. And then at one point he just resigns himself to it. And then she punishes him for it. What a movie. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what a movie. It was certainly a film that I watched. Correct. Uh, moves us over to our next question, which comes courtesy of the amazing man that's Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. There'll be a link down in the show notes. I mean, on it, he posts a ton of awesome content everyone should go check out. And what, what Dave would like to know, and this is a hard one for this, me this week, Dave. This is real fucking hard. I had to like completely rewatch it just to answer this question to be honest but basically he wants to know which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at your house party oh this is this was so easy for me i would go really yeah it was aunt same aunt susan immediately right off the top like that woman knows how to have fun even if she's getting deep dicked by a different guy every holiday it's fine she can do whatever she wants with the holiday she seems like she's having a good time uh the other person is liz's dad because they have this awkward Awkward, awkward, awkward father-daughter dance to I'll Make Love to You, and he seems like he's having a good time. So, you know, <laughs> fuck it. This guy knows how to have a good time, even during completely awkward situations. I need that. Interesting. What about no, you? I also said, I said Aunt Susan as well, because she's a good time party gal. And then I said Sloan for the other one, because, like, she's a girl that you want to have out with you. She changed her dress with the girl who spilled wine on herself at New Year's Eve and, like, was still dancing and having a good time, like... She seems like she's out, down for it, so those two. She seems to be like the biggest buzzkill ever. But yeah, nah, actually, oh no, she's a buzzkill around him because obviously she's dealing with feelings for him. But you're right, like on St. Paddy's Day and Cinco de Mayo and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, she's she a is, good time gal. She is ripping up. Okay, yeah, I'm changing my answer. Okay, I'm going with Sloane. <laughs> she looks like, she knows how to party. Thank you, Ashley. I'm just completely stealing your answer there. And, <laughs> That's fine. And probably her brother. He's like a um, bit of a smart ass and he's, Gets his hands on fireworks. We don't get fireworks here very much in New Zealand, so that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. That was, honestly, I was searching. I was like, fuck, who else? The old dude in the car that has a joint? Sure. I mean, yeah, that guy guy parties. He has glaucoma. It's fine. He's got glaucoma. And sciatica. He's he's suffering from a lot, but he he sure knows how to party. Yeah. I'm changing to that guy. Well, yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Wayne are going to be hanging in the car with that dude before any party. (laughs) All right, Woo. this next tra- question comes from Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast where they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine and, uh, you know, sometimes offer opinions on movies that are differing from the general consensus, and then in real talk, they give their actual thoughts on a movie. And what Julio wants to know is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? There's the best introduction to this ever, Dan. I'm going to completely right? steal it. I listen to your show enough that I know exactly who asked what questions. So I didn't even <laughs> need you to tell me who asked the question. That's amazing. I'm just going to use that as a sample next time. Uh, what do you got, Ash? <laughs> okay, so my controversial opinion is that Aunt Susan's life doesn't seem that bad or sad. She seems like she's pretty happy. So let her keep living her life. Don't pity her. Yeah, I, I can dig that. She does seem... Oh, I've got something more to say about her towards the end, so I'm going to bite my tongue. Because <laughs> sure, I have a lot of comments to say about her, but I, I, I can't bust them all out now. 
Can't blow prematurely. Don't blow your load that early. Exactly. Exactly. As much as I love a good preemie, I'm not doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> so my controversial opinion is as much as I don't like this film, I'd probably watch this again over about a hundred other romantic comedies out there. Like, mm, it's, I mean, you already have watched it again. It I watched it again. <laughs> I have watched it again, but like, there's no way I'd rewatch The Notebook or even Love Actually or even some of those other Hollywood Christmas romantic comedies or... Just I don't know. I'd probably rewatch this again. That being said, I was I almost started getting through this question where I was like, "Yeah, okay." Here's my controversial opinion: If you took out the two leads, replaced them with people that have chemistry and timing, and you know maybe did a couple of tweaks to the script, this would actually be a really good film. And then I was like, "Okay, so if you completely change the film, it'd be a really yeah, good exactly. Film. Sure, that <laughs> <Right>. makes sense. <laughs> that sounds like me in early episodes of Netflix and so where we where we'd review like terrible movies and be like, "Well, if you change the acting, rewrote the script, shot it differently, had a better director, I mean, the movie could be good." Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, that, that's basically mine. All right, uh, my controversial opinion is something I led on to earlier. Uh, shock comedy is nowhere near as memorable as well-crafted jokes. Like, there are, like I can quote Caddyshack to you all fucking day because mm. those are well-crafted jokes. This, this movie, I'm just like, oh, yeah, those, th- th- that did happen. Like, if someone explained something to me in this movie, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that did happen. That was funny at the time, and then I completely forget about it. Like, you, you rattled off, like, three or four funny things that happened for you in, the, like, the very beginning of the episode, and I've already forgotten what they were. That's how Same. unmemorable this movie is. <laughs> for me, it's, it's really just boiling down to the part where she's almost about to shit her pants. That was pretty much the only one that, I'm like, just sticks out. And again, it's just like, didn't they do this in Bridesmaids? Didn't they do this in Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. And I mean, they throw in yes. Dutch angles and that kind of stuff, so they kind of add like that horror aspect to it, but like, it's just something. And now Sorry. I've forgotten about her shitting her pants, so it's, it's, it's fine. Anyway, um, that moves us over to our next Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast. You guys know her. She's been on a couple of episodes recently. Go listen to her podcast and make me happy. Anyway, what would, Ash- what would she like to know there, Ashley? <laughs> she wants to know what side character would have the best spinoff movie. Everyone knows me. Everyone knows I love Marvel. Everyone knows I love the MCU. I want a, a spin-off movie of Black Panther. I want Black Panther 2. I want to mm. see that film. It's such a cop-out. But he, out of all the other characters in this film, I mean, like Aunt Susan, we've talked about her. The characters fucking suck. Yeah, they, the characters suck. That's the worst part about this film is like, there's no other likable characters. Like Even the new sister-in-law is one of the most boring people ever who doesn't want to have fun and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what side character would you actually want to see a movie of? And Black Panther, that guy seems like he knows what he's up to. He's out there having fun. He's having a good time. He seems to think a married woman with four kids is into him, which is obviously bullshit, but it's probably the best answer. <laughs> That's oh, fair. Man. I considered that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Dan. I'm going, so I compared this movie to Knocked Up, and then Knocked Up had a sequel or like a, a spinoff movie, uh, This Is 40. And there's definitely a This Is 40 type of movie with uh, York and Liz and watching their relationship completely unravel because they don't know each other at all because they got engaged at three months. That's true. Yeah. She doesn't even know he's playing golf. Yeah. Wait, did you know he's playing golf? Yeah. (laughs) My answer is going to be like a lot of my previous answers because I feel like the only character I really like in this movie is Aunt Susan. So I'd like to see her dating foibles and her crazy busted up sex in the city wannabe life. and. All of that more than anything else. The other thought I had was Farouk, like with a medical comedy, but I fucking hate medical comedies, so I scratched that. Yeah, I, I can see oh, why I scratched so Farouk. Man. As a character, he wasn't all that interesting either. He was no pretty, pretty tame. Like when he got started getting his freak on Vance Susan in the middle of the dance floor, I was like, Who, "Who's this dude?" 
Yeah, the 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 characters really fucking suck when you look at that question and you go through IMDb and you're like, I don't want to watch any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a horror film. Maybe a horror film where they all just get like put into a haunted house or something. Oh my god, can they be in Krampus too? There we go, Krampus (laughs) too. Perfect. Electric Boogaloo. Perfect. One of them gets electrocuted, obviously, by Christmas lights. Moves us over to question number seven. This is making a triumphant return. Oh, I was saving it for Thank when Stacey came back to the podcast, but fuck it. It is the Stacey question. How would you guys have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film? Oh, he is 100% Peter because Peter does very little. Like, he, like they give Peter very little screen time, and that's kind of on purpose. True. But uh, there's two scenes that's in particular that stick out. There's where he's uh, blowing up the inflatable snowman or Santa in the front yard, and he's just, like, jumping up and down on, like, this uh, this bike tire uh, <laughs> yes. thing. And I'd love to see Nicolas Cage do that, because Peter already looked insane, and Nicolas Cage would take that to the next level of insanity. And then uh, when it's revealed that Abby kissed the Black Panther, he, he has that line, You kissed the Black Panther? I would love to see Nicolas Cage deliver that line. That'd be fucking perfect. <laughs> That would be awesome, as well as the scene where he like blows his finger off with the um, fireworks, and then he, he's just like, I'm not leaving my fucking kids with him! <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome, Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. My answer is as the department store Santa holiday from the beginning of the film, just because I feel like he could play a disheveled fucking disaster mess. Play it. He lives enjoyable. it. Yeah. What what I loved I feel like that would be fun. What I loved about that, the fact that he was the mall center and he showed up to Christmas, had the Christmas lunch or dinner or whatever with them, and then she sees him again at the mall three days later when they're cleaning up the Christmas like display area and he's still dressed as Santa. It's just like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing, dude? How confused are kids going to be? And then I was like, no, they've put that in there because <laughs> otherwise people wouldn't be able to recognize him. Otherwise they'd be like, hey, who's that random dude that's screaming at her? You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, <laughs> so somebody came along with the script. I'm like, but we don't know who this guy is. And it's like, f fuck it. Put a Santa, put a Santa thing in there. After who cares? Yeah, chuck his bloody little fucking fake beard on again. Do it. What about uh, you, Sam? Dan, you're gonna um, hopefully guess the film as soon as I start talking about this. But we see a scene where they go to the hospital and Farouk shows up as a doctor. And, you know, they have a bit of a relationship sort of thing. I would have liked another doctor. I would have liked Nicolas Cage doctor there. So that this would form a cinematic universe with probably the worst film I've seen this entire year, which is inconceivable. The 2017 film <laughs> that Emily I Higgins- made her watch that. I made her watch that. We watched it together and we just kind of like laughed the whole time. Although like the big problem with, and I'll say this, the big problem with that movie is they don't like Nicolas Cage be Nicolas Cage. It's yes. like- they wanted John Cusack, but John Cusack was busy doing another shitty movie, so they got Nicolas Cage instead. What fucking movie are you talking about? You don't remember Inconceivable? No. Okay, I mean... Inconceivable! Okay! Inconceivable! Exactly. I know we watched this together, because you were like, I fucking hate but you, you for making me watch know this. I block out shit that I don't like, and I repress it, and I pretend, and I make space for things that I do like. Nicolas Cage and Gina Gershon are a hot young couple in their mid-50s. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That are trying for a baby. It's fucking insane. It's like he's never fucking home. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. (laughs) Ooh, 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, it should be much lower than that. That had one of the rare distinctions of getting a double-digit score out of 10,000 on this podcast. (laughs) I believe I gave it 37. I I listened to that, and I'm like... 
you know, if you ever needed to sell for that movie, give it give it a double digit score out of out of ten thousand, and I'm just like, well, now I have to watch this piece of shit. <laughs> One of the user reviews says like a lifetime movie, but with Nick Cage. Yeah, but it- Hollywood casting is out of control. Done to death, evil woman thrill thriller. As this is uh bad. Yeah. I'm yes. so jealous of you right now, Ashley, for blurring that out of your memory. For completely. Oh yeah, that. I'm really good at that. I think you got blazed Control before, a delete. so that's why. <laughs> I mean, 99% of the time before we watch a bad movie, that's what I'm doing, so I can enjoy it. Fair enough. Makes a lot of sense. Question eight. This comes from Nick Haskins of the Nikolai's Kitchen podcast, a podcast which is upcoming, where Nick will tell you how to cook things and tell you about all of his cooking follies because he makes lots of them. And Nick <laughs> would like to know. How could this movie be rewritten into a Shakespearean comedy or tragedy? Imagine if this was a comedy, eh, guys? Imagine if it was, like, real funny. <laughs> yeah, imagine if this was funny. <laughs> what do you got, Ash? So I figured that the mom, Elaine, goes nuts and kills the whole family for not being picture perfect, and then that's the end. I didn't get too far into it. So I had Sloane goes crazy and kills everyone because she's sick of being harassed by everyone. At the end. <laughs> oh, so it runs in the family. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go too far into it. <laughs> Ari Aster directs Holiday. <laughs> Holiday. Imagine if they both snapped and then they both simultaneously started murdering people in different parts of the house and then met in the oh. middle of the house for a showdown. That would be amazing. Well, that, would, that would be fucking. Am- that would actually that really movie. good. Yeah, that's my one. That's my horror film. I'm going to write. That's really that good. would be a fucking great movie. Emma Roberts, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, just get the cast back. Nobody's doing anything. Absolutely. Uh, my answer is Shakespeare is a hack. So just add all the plot elements of Independence Day Resurgence, and you have a movie that uh, Shakespeare would have written. Whoa! Controversial opinions. That, yeah, that's uh, so. Uh, you know, uh, flip back to question five. That is my controversial opinion. It is like Shakespeare is a fucking hack. Billy Shakes is getting called <laughs> out. That's insane. I only know the Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, Romeo and Juliet. That's all my Shakespeare. Oh, and then the Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, and things I hate about you. remake. Yeah, the, that's my Shakespeare. I, I assume the good parts of that movie were written by somebody who uh, wrote the script for that movie and went. Man, this fucking script from Shakespeare's shit, get me another one. I hate you. Wow. You're so dumb. (laughs) Now I'm going to snap and kill him before Christmas. Yay! Do it on this podcast. (laughs) Make me go viral as I become part of an FBI trial. We got to wait until we record our Daredevil episode before I go to jail, though. That's a good point. We we do need to wait for that. Cool. Uh, What's question number nine there, Ashley? What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear just after you finish having sex? Sammy. Uh, it's like escargot. It may sound unappealing. It may look unappealing. But once you put it in your mouth, it'll knock your socks off. <laughs> that's pre- that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I went with, uh, he's having a heart attack when Wally is having a heart attack. Oh, yes. That's a good one. <laughs> I had two. And the first one was, I want to be a whore. And then the second one is, she's pregnant. How is that possible? She's barely out of puberty. (laughs) Tom DeLonge, are you listening? (laughs) Oh, that's a winner, Ash. I had some follow-ups, but I'm not even going to bother with that. That's that's a winner. (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Google. (laughs) (laughs) To the rescue. I was not going to rewatch this movie to find those quotes. That was my problem that I did, and I started writing them all down, and I'm like, I'm paying way too much fucking attention to this film. Just let it go, bro. Yeah, fuck that shit. Google. <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ. What a moron. Um, moves us over to our next question, which is the final question that can be applied to any film. 
What was the biggest dick move in the movie? Oh, it is by far Sloane's outburst in the grocery store. A man is trying to profess his feelings for you, and you obviously have feelings for him, and all you're doing is just dismissing him and being like, nope, I don't, I definitely don't feel anything for you at all. Yeah, true. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a dick move. Oh, so mine is Sloane making everybody in the mall listen to her fucking I want you back speech. Oh, fuck yes. (laughs) Fuck that speech. It was so bad. I was hoping he was really going to say no and keep walking. Right? That was He deserves so, better. That was so bad that for the first time in probably our podcast history, I've actually petitioned Liz to have that as a question later on that, you, that you're going to read out, actually. I legitimately <laughs> sent her one and I was like, I don't ke- care what questions you come up with. Please ask me and Dan this because I know what our answers will be. But uh, yeah, that, that wasn't mine. I had a couple... Oh, I'll, I'll run through them, but basically, one uh, third one was shooting Roman candles at some random dude in a boat. One, yeah, that oh, guy was yeah, just, right? just right? hanging out of the lake, just trying to enjoy his fucking Independence Day or whatever it was, and he just starts getting plastered by bloody Roman candles. The the next one is like Sloan and him seem way too uptight, but yet, um, like straight after that scene, we see them both in the hospital smoking weed and just like stubbing it out on the fucking dialysis machine and shit like that. And I'm like. Would you really? Would you two really start smoking weed? But then the one, the one that took me over the top was as much as you guys have gone on about Aunt Susan. She was a bitch. There was <laughs> like I don't know which one was worse of the two things that she did. Was either at at the end where they're at Christmas or whatever, and that dude starts having a heart attack, and she's like, "Oh, I don't give a shit. I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to take care of him." <laughs> it's like you took him to the fucking Christmas. You couldn't give a fuck about him having a heart attack. But mm-hmm. or the fact that she bought. Um, Jackson, that's his name, Luke Bracey, the Australian guy. She brought him to that wedding as her date, and then she started sucking on his fingers in front of her. Like, she knows oh. her niece has a crush on this dude, and yet she's trying to fucking suck his finger off in the middle of a wedding before, they, she, before she then goes and bangs her niece's other date. How are her and her niece not, like, totally fucking at each other's throats and hating each other? Uh, I guess that's true. Uh, my, my problem with that scene, though, is that Jackson received an invitation to the wedding and he used that as an excuse as to why they didn't have to go as holidays for that. Yeah. Uh, but then wouldn't Aunt yeah. Susan also have gotten an invitation to the wedding and therefore would not have had to have a, have a holiday of Jackson to the wedding? Unless they all fucking hate yeah. Aunt Susan, which by that point I can completely understand. Yeah. Mm. It's not, Susan's all right. Susan's fine. She's, she's, she's the most entertaining part of the movie, oh. so I forgive her. Yeah. She, yeah. she definitely is the, the collective whole is definitely the most funnest part of this movie. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> the fucking collective hall. <laughs> Anywho, that moves us over to our personal questions. Dan, why don't you lead us off? All right. So, unfortunately, Sam didn't ask the question. What is something you notice that you don't think anybody else noticed? Because this mm. basically takes place uh, the place of that. Uh, so, in the first fifteen seconds of the movie, it shows that it's TVMA for uh, language and smoking, and then Emma Roberts in those fifteen seconds says. Uh, fuck and is smoking. So, uh, what is the fastest you've ever seen a movie get all of its uh co- content warnings out of the way? Okay, so I don't, I don't know exactly what the content ratings were, but Mad Max had sex and nudity within like the first minute of it, and we just watched that this week. I uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good one. Yeah, talking about sex and violence within the first minute, Basic Instinct does yeah. exactly the same thing. Where Sharon Stone straight fucks a dude, then murders him. Oh, yeah, That's that was point. graphic, too. I was just re-watching Basic Instinct. I forgot how much graphic sex is in that movie, and Michael Douglas, I never need to see him having sex. <laughs> that is, like, the fucking 
That is the Lady Lady Boner Slayer. Like, I don't even care if it's young Michael Douglas. He is so fucking creepy looking. It's like a reverse bucket list, eh? It's like the things I never need to experience, (laughs) seeing Michael Douglas have sex. Seeing him fucking going down on Sharon Stone is like burned in my memory forever. <laughs> and it makes her less sexy to me. Yeah. Ooh, you're yeah. going to, Paul, Paul's going to come fly here and beat you up. Yeah. And as someone who loves her as much fine. as Paul does. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I agree with you though. I completely agree. That just makes it territory that I don't want to go near. All right. Uh, my next question was going to be specifically for Liz, but Ashley, since you know the an- you, I told you this question before I knew you were going to come on. You know the answer to this. Uh, a man walks up to you at a New Year's Eve party and says <laughs> that dress makes your tits, tits look great. Uh, how long do you think you could hide out from the police before they arrest you for murder? That is a trick question. I would never be at a New Year's Eve party. Oh. <laughs> That's a good point. No, seriously, I would never know. And I'm unlike Liz. I do not have the explosive energy to pop off on any everybody <laughs> that says fucking crass things to me. So I generally just ignore them unless they fucking put hands on me, in which case I've been thrown out of a bar. So it's okay. I need to hear this story. I've never heard this story. You before. have. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you need to hear it now? No, it can wait. I, I, I'm writing it down so that way I know to, <laughs> to get the story from you after the podcast. Wait till later when we're in bed together. Correct. <laughs> I'm going to get my Liz on and answer this in her place. Look, I'm a very smart woman, okay? I'm, like, incredibly intelligent. In fact, I'm usually the <laughs> smartest person in the room. And I've watched a lot of TV. You know, I've seen a lot of CSI. I know how they'd try and find me. So I think I'd be smarter than the cops. I'd be smarter than the people. I could totally murder someone to get away with it. I'm not saying I have done it before, but I know three of my ex-boyfriends aren't alive anymore. can be found by the police. So there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the best. That's exactly what I needed to hear. I'm going to be victim number four. (laughs) She's got to get there from Australia. (laughs) Good luck. Be fucking anthrax in the litter. I know it. (laughs) Good God. Uh, So question, my third question is the, so Colby Mack, friend of the podcast and every podcast in the world, because Colby's a great guy, Mm. uh, has a spec script with this exact title on his phone dated uh, 2017. So uh, what ideas has Hollywood stolen from you? Well, my mom's name is Elaine and my aunt's name is Susan, so that was stolen from me. In this movie specifically, which was the weirdest fucking thing. <laughs> it really was. I was like, I have an aunt Susan. And he was like, yeah, and her mom's name is Elaine, too. I'm like, well, now I'm just freaked out. That's fucking terrifying, man. That's... <laughs> little pet. Little pet. That's, that's legitimately terrifying. Uh, <laughs> when, when my, I... my, so because of that, my one of my philosophical questions was, how much is Big Brother actually watching us? Because this fucking movie creeped me out. But I didn't want to go down that road. Now you've gone down that road. Uh, uh, I just, like old. I said, a foot down that road. I didn't go all the way down. And I just like tiptoed over the line. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So when I was like, I, you guys now know that I've now published the book, uh, Sam Healy yes. Compliance. You can find I'm it on page 145. Yes. Yeah. You haven't given up on it yet. So that means you might be enjoying no. it. Fucking hallelujah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read it yet because I, I gave it, it to her b- yep. because I didn't know we were going to be recording this until like earlier this week. And I knew you were recording with her about Daredevil like two weeks ago. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, you can talk about Sam's book absolutely by reading it. So uh, I will read it. It's that I was being nice and gave it to her first. I promise. No. So, oh, so I'm the reader. Awesome. So um, so I've, I've been I've like tried like, like five or six attempts at writing books before. And the closest I ever came to writing a book was back in probably about 2009 or 2008. 
had this great idea for a story about a guy that basically, um, it, like the story is sort of like a, a twisty one where he basically stops giving a fuck about every, anything and he starts dealing drugs and then he starts being a complete piece of shit and then eventually like he dies and kills himself or whatever. And then the book goes back into his head and then he rewinds it. And as it goes back through, you discover he actually got cancer and that's why the, he's doing all these things and that's why he becomes a drug dealer who's got cancer. And I remember explaining that to somebody at a pub and my mate was like, fuck, have you seen that TV show Breaking Bad? And I was like, no, no, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's all about this guy that gets cancer and he becomes a drug dealer. I was like, what? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went home, watched an episode on my laptop, drunk as hell, finished the episode, stood up and smashed my laptop with the book inside <gasps> of it against the wall. I was so fucking angry. Oh I'd, my God. I'd written like 70,000 words and I was like, this is literally my story, but it's in Albuquerque, not fucking London. This is, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, that's terrible. You could have written Breaking Bad, Sam. I could have written Breaking Bad. I could be Vince Gilligan. Damn. Damn. That's cold. Yeah. That was, that was heartbreaking. And it's funny because I do tell that story and I have at least four friends that I told the story to that can confirm that I, I was halfway through writing that. And then I messaged them and was just like, I can't believe this shit. I had this great idea for a story of a guy that gets cancer, sells drugs, makes heaps of money, stops giving a fuck, and does whatever he wants. Oh, well. <laughs> Jesus. But now I have a new book out, and I'm just waiting for someone to go, hey, I read your story. Did you know it's really similar to this other book that came out 10 years ago? And then I get sued. Can't wait. Oh, no. Don't, don't do that to yourself, Sam. You don't need that in your life. <laughs> don't put that So far, it's not like anything that I've read before or heard of before. Just to throw that out there. Excellent. Cool. What's... Sam, I think it's your turn for questions. Oh, it is, now that I'm sort of wallowing in self-pity and the fact that I'd stopped writing for 10 years after that happened to me. Uh, it moves me over to my questions. So, as we mentioned in the scene, there's a bit where they go to a Halloween party and she's dressed up in a corset that she's very tightly wrapped into and impossible to get out of. And then on the way home, she realises that she's been taking... La- oh, no, she doesn't realise, but her sister realises that Sloane's been taking laxatives all night, doesn't bother texting Sloane to let her know, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. don't know how to tell you this. Instead, just goes off and patches Black Panther, which is also a big dick move, but hey, we've already had that question. <laughs> but, it, but then they get home, and she violently shits herself. He hangs around, shells her off, they jump into bed, and then the next morning they have sex. I don't know. What do you guys reckon? Do you guys reckon you would sleep with someone, or even stay over with someone, you know, and then have sex with them in the morning? That's a no from me, dog. uh yes uh if it if it was the woman in the other room but nobody else no dude i'm not letting you do that the morning after i violently fucking shit myself there's no way okay but the question is would i be (laughs) willing to do so and my answer is yes bubby when are you not willing (laughs) true I think I could murder everybody in your family and you would still. I mean, that's like my <laughs> that's greatest just... <laughs> aphrodisiac. It was a bad example. <laughs> Hashtag it's fine. Hashtag it's fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Great Shit answer. your pants explosively and violently. Do whatever you want. Shit your pants in front of my family. I don't care. Oh my God. <laughs> don't put that on me. We're going to Thanksgiving in a couple weeks, dude. Do not. He's going to fucking sneak me some laxatives as foreplay. <laughs> Don't worry. There's like nine toilets in the house. You'll be fine. <laughs> just the drive there or whatever. Just like, here, have another, have another bit of gum. Or have, have another, like, what is yeah, it? Yeah, right? Antacid. That's what she's having, isn't she? Antacid. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that's the, probably the highlight of questions that we've got on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, moves me over to my next question. 
is which romantic coupling from this film, because there's quite a few of them, do you guys reckon are done by New Year's? And this, if people say, yes, this is, the exact same, this is the same question that you asked during the holiday episode, correct, I don't believe any of the romantic couplings in that movie. I don't believe any of the romantic couplings in this movie. I want to know from you guys. No, it's Liz and York. That's not, a, that's not even a question. They don't know each other. It's like, that's, the, that's a subplot of this movie. It's just like, there, it's like they, you don't know anything about them, and they don't know anything about each other. So, like, they're clearly donezo at some point. It's funny because, you know, like they say opposites attract. He's like the sort of freewheeling, playful, like pranky type guy. And she is just the most highly strung girl ever. And you're right about the not knowing each other. How he was like, oh, if I hadn't caught a different hour train. And she's like, we met at a party. <laughs> like, Oh, God. That's your wedding speech. Holy shit. You guys are not, you guys aren't long for this world. Nope. I said Abby and Peter because she kissed Black Panther and she's clearly miserable in her life. And he's not there for her. So they're donezo uh the one that i actually threw out there was that we get a photo of black panther and that first girl that he's seen with you know the Ooh. one that gives him a blowjob i don't reckon that and her mom yeah and her mom i was like that couple he's gone he's like he's probably not even gonna make it past dessert like he's fucking out of there i reckon <laughs> yeah no you're yeah. right and my final question and i don't know if the film ever explains this or gives us an answer but i want to know from you guys where do you reckon her dad is oh elaine's the worst so yeah. obviously yeah. he ran away <laughs> I said he faked his own death to escape his wife. So yeah, similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's and, and uh, Elaine spends the entire movie projecting, being like, "You need to be with somebody." You got to stop calling her Elaine, anybody. dude. Nope, that's her name, Elaine, and uh, it's, it's gonna trip you out. Yeah, I, too much like my own mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking me out, man. But like, it also makes sense that like the mother's just so abrasive that he's just like, "Nah, fuck this. I'm, I'm out. This this is fucking bullshit." He's if, somewhere smoking a J in the car with that dude. Uh, either oh that God. or he's ran off of Aunt Susan at some point. Yeah, probably. Makes sense. Sounds right. Anywho, that right, moves us over so, to Liz's question. So what do you got there, Liz? So li- <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to try to do an accent because that would just be offensive as fuck. Thank yes. You. So he talks about how he couldn't be... I assume this is Jackson. So Jackson talks about how he couldn't be honest with her initially or she'd turn him down. Why are men so terrified of rejection? It's funny because I don't think they necessarily are. I feel like I've got mates that do not give a shit whatsoever about rejection. They will just keep plugging away at different people in the crowd until they get the response they want. Whereas I feel, I just feel like there's no middle ground. Like, whereas like some of us are just so fucking terrified of like, oh, I can't believe I asked her on a date and she told me to go fuck myself. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's a person question, not a gender question. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. I, I get scared of rejection, and I don't have a penis. That we know uh, of. So there's that. I get scared of rejection, so my, my answer was because I'm sensitive. I can't, I can't handle rejection. I, I like shut down for several days after being rejected. So like I don't tell anybody anything. I'm just like, I'd rather just not know than you know, go into a depressive coma for several days. Is that why you didn't talk oh, to me for a month after you tried to chat me up after the Independence Day recording? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. I had no idea. I'm so sorry, bro. Sensitive. Oh. All right. Fuck, Mary, kill Sloan, Abby, Susan. Can I go oh, on a uh, homicide? Can I just go on a like, <laughs> killing spree? <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. It's the holidays. <laughs> it's It's a hard one because, like I've mentioned, Aunt Susan is just a horrible person, but... Does she deserve to die? Hmm. 
I guess she's going to have to by default. But at the same time, Abby cheats on her husband. So would you really want to marry a cheater? So I'm. No. So probably Abby for one night of fun, you know, she'd get her freak out. She's obviously got a lot of repressed tension she needs to un- unleash. And, <laughs> and um, you want to be there for that? I'd, I'd like to be there for the waterfall <laughs> of tension that she releases. But, uh, and then Sloan, I guess by default, Mary. But at the same time, like, I feel no, no, as much as to say that she's a bit of a whinger, I suppose she's a whinger because she's not getting her love reciprocated. So I figured she'd be a lot of fun if she was in a happy relationship. These are all fair points. These are all fair points. However, I'm going to say fuck Aunt Susan because it's Aunt Susan. <laughs> I uh, knew you would. You got, You've come you through. You've got to get to the collective hole. Like, I mean, come on. Yep. Uh, marry Abby because there is no way I'm marrying Sloane in her very obvious commitment issues. At least with, with Abby, I feel like I can like, communicate with her and like undercover what her issues are in her relationship yeah. with like Peter and such. So like, I feel like I could solve that problem. Uh, and then kill Sloane because I just don't want to deal with that at all. <laughs> Bubby, do you realize if you marry Abby, you are a stepfather to four kids? Uh, I mean, we, we've we seen true crime documentaries where kids go missing. Yikes. <laughs> all right. And Liz's last question. What would you do if your crush publicly announced her love for you at the mall? We, we've both got the same answer, right, Dan? It's just fucking run and never look back. Oh, no. Uh, my answer was uh, more smart-assy because... Uh, my local mall, which is the Pittsburgh Mills, shout out to Pittsburgh Mills, uh, is dead. There's nobody at that mall anymore. Like, there are stores and people go there sometimes, but like, it, like, that whole sequence of her calling his name and him not being able to hear her, uh, that would never have happened because she would have called my name one time and then she would have never had to publicly address anybody because I would have just been like, oh yeah, hey, what's up? And then turn around <laughs> and we would have go to- gone to talk. That's it. So like, that whole thing would never have happened. She wouldn't have a backing band singing your name? No. No, my God. <laughs> that, was, that was fucking awful. That that was also kind of hilarious because it's like, wait, what? Why Why did you do that? It was one of those scenes that like, oh, man, like, uh, I would just cringe my fucking head off. Like, I, I love attention on me, hence why I make a podcast. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't want to be like called out by some crazy fucking woman in the middle of a mall. Similar to that, like the earlier scene where they're dancing and he puts on, you know, had the time of my life and he just like clears the dance floor. I've never seen anyone do that in a pub before. And if anybody ever did that in a bar, I'd be like, look at you, you pretentious asshole. What the fuck? (laughs) Hey, everyone, get out of the way. I'm going to do something that's really cliche and boring. Oh, okay, cool. Can't wait. Awesome. God, this is why I don't go out. People suck. (laughs) People do suck. Hey, talking about people sucking, one person that doesn't suck is another one of our patrons, which is Dan of the Netflix and Swill podcast. Dan has a couple of Patreon questions that uh, have rapidly improved due to a certain Ashley <laughs> giving him better suggestions. So, Dan, why don't you just throw your last question out there to us, or throw the question question 20 out there to us, and let us know one of your new ones you've got. Yeah, my my new question that isn't, uh, where would you put Blink-182's song, All the Small Things, into this movie? <laughs> uh, this is not. Uh, it is, what storyline do you wish you could have seen more from? Okay, so first off, I want to say I would have put Blink-182's All the Small Things in the scene where Emma Roberts' boobs fall out of her dress. There, there's <laughs> some serious push-up action with that black dress she has oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's putting in overtime. And then, I mean, technically, I should say I would have liked to see all the storylines because I only saw about half this movie. But the half of the movie that I saw, I don't really want to see any more storylines. <laughs> 
So, like, I only saw half the movie, but that was enough for me. I'm a good. There you go, listeners. There's a bit of an Easter egg. If you are ever planning on re-listening to this episode, notice that Ash has only seen half this film <laughs> and see if you can pick up while listening that she'd only seen half this movie. Hence why, pre-discussion, we were talking about parts and she was like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Silence. Yeah. yeah. My dog needed a bath and then I had to make dinner and then I had to take her to the bathroom and so, like, I missed the firework blowing his finger off. I missed the whole mall scene. Like, I think I thought the two families at the beginning were one family and they were at the same dinner. I was very confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, one family has Christmas sweaters on, the other are insufferable. Yeah, well, actually, they're both insufferable yeah, I was about to for say, different yeah. reasons. Uh, the, the funny thing for me is, like, we, we mentioned spinoff characters having their own movie. But throughout this film, I would have liked to have seen The Adventures of Aunt Susan because she just shows up with these random guys. But like I just a couple of scenes, just of her just like not giving a fuck, just out there like as much as we're talking about not necessarily male or females like being scared of rejection, this woman is not scared of rejection. She's out there, mm-hmm. she's having fun. I would have liked to have seen her slutting it up, basically. Yeah. Her and Samantha Jones. Absolutely. Uh my answer to my own question is Liz and York again. Uh I, I don't know. I- there is something comedically funny about the fact that these two people are getting married and they don't know each other, and we barely get that explored at all. Uh, so I, I don't know. I feel like there, uh, even though she is a wet blanket, Liz. Uh, not you know, <laughs> we were using twenty Q's, Liz, but movie Liz. Uh, she sucks. Uh, you, you know, I feel like there's some genuine comedy moments that could have been derived from it, but instead they just—it's kind of like that throwaway line that's put in like half the scenes for no reason. Yeah, makes sense. Aww. And that takes us down to the end. Thank you to you two for joining me on this. Thank you, Ashley, for making your movie reviews in 20Q's debut. This has been amazing. Woo! Well, you're going to be making your Rabbit Ears debut later this month, so that was going to be about my, fair play. That was going to be my little segue of, um, yep, get Dan on to do a Netflix original, yeah. but talking about Netflix originals, I will be on Ashley's podcast doing Daredevil. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just finished season two, and I've only season se- seen season three, I think, once or twice, so I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, I, I'm so excited as well, actually. I've seen season one probably four or five times, and I've seen season three probably four or five times. Seen season two, two and 98%, basically. Uh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> almost finishing it. I'm so excited. But um, yeah, do you do you guys little plugs and stuff. Ashley, you can go first, and then Dan, you can tell us all about Netflix as well. So Rabbit Ears TV podcast, you can find it on any of your podcatchers. Each episode is dedicated to a series that is no longer on the air where I have a super fan of that series come on and we basically just reminisce and talk about the show. Uh, it's, it's a great show. I recently listened to the one with Wayne from Countdown Podcast on there. And That's one of my favorite. It was great. I and fucking love it. I can't wait to come on with you because you swear just as much as me. So it's going to be possibly a podcast record for the most F-bombs in an entire podcast. I'm really looking forward I to it. I mean, if we made it a drinking game, we probably wouldn't make it past the first couple questions. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah. One drink, two drink, five drinks, liver damage. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Fucking penny in a batch or whatever what's the fucking one batch two batch one penny batch, and a dime batch, uh, yeah one batch two batch dime. yeah penny and dime Although, one uh, shot two shot penny and a dime that's so, the one uh, that's the one we bastardized that for an episode title uh, of our season one punisher review uh to be one batch two batch corona with lime because <laughs> oh, that's good. very funny that's good uh so speaking of your bastardization in netflix tell us a little about your show dan Oh yeah, we are a Netflix podcast. We talk about all the latest movies, series, uh, news, and trailers. 
Uh, way too many trailers, some might say. I say not enough trailers. Netflix released more trailers so I can continue to barrage people with uh, hours and hours of trailers content. <laughs> Eat shit and die. Ashley hates when we talk about all the trailers. You fucking last week, you talked about eight different trailers and Nick said, I don't care about every single one. It was a lot. <laughs> It was too much, man. I mean, that is correct. The, almost all of them were immediately forgettable. In fact, I don't remember even which ones we did, but uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, uh, if you like to hear a couple guys talk about random news and like sound smart for some portions and then sound like complete fucking morons for other parts of an episode, uh, listen to Movie Reason 20 Qs and Netflix as well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the prerequisite to listening to our show, basically. And Dan show. Yeah, love your guys' show as well, Dan. Always tune in. You guys did an amazing plug for my book uh, recently. You were Nick saying some very nice things about it. And uh, thank you so much. That Yes, it's better than David Fincher's Zodiac. There you go. My book is Likely. better than David Fincher's Zodiac. I will take that. I will happily take that. I agree so far. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Anyways, yeah, thank you everyone again for listening. Thank you to our Patreons for supporting the show and helping us to keep You're going. Yeah, you, you guys are fucking amazing. We love you. Uh, upcoming episodes, who fucking knows? Whatever Liz suggests, we'll probably end up doing that. But uh, if you want to get in contact with me, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs, and you can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Anyway, that's thanks for me. See Bye. you next Tuesday.